<laughs> I got nothing. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> and the home of the Episode 12 of the Hit the Deck podcast, where we talk deck hockey, street hockey, ball hockey. It's hockey in sneakers. Yes, it is. And we are going to talk about it. Don't you think otherwise. You are going to hear us talk about deck hockey. <laughs> De- deck hockey. Ball ball hockey. Hockey. <sighs> I, I know we, we mention wrestling every now and again, but uh, yeah, it is called Hit the Deck, so I think people came to the right place to hear what we have to talk about. It's already a great show, James. I'm off to a roaring start. <laughs> hey, you know, uh, after your favorite or our favorite hockey team was eliminated from the Stanley Cup Finals uh, playoffs, I should say, you get a free pass. So. Oh, okay. Thank you. How are you, James? I'm okay, but yeah, as, as as mentioned, that the Rangers got knocked out. We're a little scarred and and trying to recover from that. <laughs> yeah, so we're in hockey us. morning. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, we're gonna push through and talk about it anyway. That's right. That's right. All right. So who might you ask is going to talk about it? If you've been a longtime listener of the podcast, you know full well who's going to talk about it. But as is our tradition, we're going to give you the starting lineup anyway. And, of course, tonight in goal, number 35, I am the American Rhino, Gary McComiskey, and my co-host, defenseman extraordinaire. On defense, number four, I'm James Sajazi. All right, cool. Yeah. So, uh, what's going on? Um, Not much, but uh, if that's my segue to go into what's on deck, I'd be happy to do that. Yeah, sure. Uh, let's let's say that was a segue, James. Um, <laughs> okay. wh- why, do, why don't... James, why don't you tell us all what's on deck? I'd be happy to. Thank you. All right. Smell the glove. Another nod to the genius of Spinal Tap with this topic title. Gary and I will share our tips on how we keep our deck hockey gear fresh and clean, or at least how we try to with the obstacles we have to overcome, like limited space and being considerate of our families. The American Rhino saves the day twice. The LIQ was in full swing last Saturday with the return of two of its star players in Brad and Iggy, and take our word for how good those guys are, but Gary stole the show with two amazing glove saves. And then it's time to take a look into Hit the Deck's gear bag. Completing the glove hat trick, our review of Hockeytron Elite forward slash defenseman gloves, and that's what's on deck. Thank you, James. My pleasure. Do I have to smell the glove? No, you don't, actually. (laughs) We were talking about Spinal Tap in the last edition of Hit the Deck, and when we were playing on Saturday and driving home, you came up with a good idea as to what a topic could be. So then my small mind kind of merged the two things into one as to the tongue-in-cheek joke of the movie, of one of the jokes of uh, Spinal Tap was one of their quote-unquote album covers, and titles was called Smell the Glove, and then there's a big joke of 
how it turns into just an all-black album. But uh, between keeping gear fresh and smelling nice and forwards and defensemen and obviously goalies using gloves, figured merge the two together and smell the glove just kind of came out of it. So. Yeah, well, I was cleaning my gear this weekend, this past weekend, and uh, I definitely was smelling my glove. And, and the reason I had to clean my gear is because I was definitely smelling my glove. So, uh, you know, it it was time. And uh, I think it's time we talk about it. Yeah, so uh, most of the stuff is obvious. But just in case anybody out there is listening, you may need a helpful tip or two. Gary and I have quite a few to share with you. But again, the most obvious and important thing to do is to air out your gear. So that means immediately after you're done playing, I would advise that you, when you put your stuff in your bag, and assuming that everyone has at least a, a nice big uh, hockey bag out there, if you have a backpack, that might be a little bit more difficult. But uh, for like Gary and, and, and other goalies' cases, you need a big bag. And for my case, being a defenseman, with the gear I use, I, I have a big hockey bag. But when you put your stuff right after you're done playing into that bag, just don't zip it up. Let it breathe just right off the bat. And even when you're, if you're driving home from the rink or wherever you're coming from, if you're taking the train or uh, if you have an SUV or something like that, just make sure that you keep the bag a little open in the car. And obviously you could roll down the windows or put on the air conditioner if need be. But the bigger the vehicle, the better. If you have a trunk, you know, just uh, don't zip it up yet. I don't know, man. I take the train. And I have to say, if I was on the train and somebody opened up their stinky hockey bag, I don't know if I'd be that happy. Well, uh, well. Yeah, Gary and I being in the New York area, the least of the smells on the subway would be coming from someone's hockey bag. All right, fair enough, but still. If you could get past the other stinks, let's just say we won't get into details of what those are, but... (laughs) James, haven't you listened to the show? Don't be that guy. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So anyway, uh, yeah, again... uh, Anybody who has a hockey bag, you know that there are vents in them with little, little holes and things designed to breathe a little bit. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying spread the bag out and put your stuff on the on the <laughs> seats or anything like that. But just make sure that the, the it's not zipped up so it has a little bit extra breathing room when you're uh, going home. So, I mean, personally for me, luckily I don't have to worry about taking the subway with my hockey gear. But I have taken the subway in my softball playing days. Mm-hmm. So um, it is something that if you just stand by the door, it's okay. But uh, <laughs> okay. You know, keep, keep it fair enough. One one thing that again for for subway riders of the New York area is how uh, selfish and and nasty people can be. But mm-hmm. um, like Gary and I, we're gentlemen and and we are considerate. So try and and keep that in mind. We do what we can. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I mean, that's when you're on your way home from the game. When you get home. You should take the, the all that gear that's bunched up together in your open bag. You can close it up to bring it in the house if you need to. But you should take all that bunched up gear and you should lay it out. If you can put it on some kind of stand or hooks or rack to do that, then I would recommend doing that so the air can get to all sides of your gear and not just the top of it. For instance, I have uh, something that I picked up pretty cheap. It's a stand. I don't remember the make. Uh, If I can find it, I'll post a link on our Facebook page. But basically, it's like aluminum or maybe steel, but probably not. I don't know. Some kind of metal stand. Basically, it's got a few feet that stabilize it at the bottom and a large pole 
that goes up the center, maybe four feet high or so. And then it has a couple of poles coming out horizontally from the sides of it. And you can hang your gloves or your, in my case, as a goalie, uh, I can put my chest protector and my blocker and my catching glove. And um, I kind of stand my pads in front of it, uh, standing up and what have you. But if you're a skater... Uh, you can easily hang your your shin guards, your elbow pads, or your gloves, or any kind of you know really whatever equipment you have, you can hang off of it pretty easily. It actually, as a goalie, it looks a little imposing because it kind of out of the corner of your eye, if you don't look too closely, it looks like there's somebody standing in my living room in full goalie gear, which has actually intimidated one of my guests in the past. So it's uh, you know, but. It's a good for drying out my equipment, uh, which is why I do it. Yeah, that's definitely something that's worth the uh, the investment. Um, but uh, yeah, the same thing goes for your bag and your sneakers too. Air those out if you can. And uh, like Gary and I were saying, if you're lucky enough to have a laundry room or some kind of vented area, definitely do that. A garage is ideal, but neither Gary nor I have access to one. So for everybody out there listening to us, that uh, if you're in the same boat as we are, we have tried to figure out how to get around those things. So um, worst case scenario for me, too, is I have an SUV. So uh, when people are coming over or whatever the case is, I'll have to throw my stuff in the back of my car and just kind of crack the windows a little bit. And hopefully no one will look in and try and take my stuff. But good thing about having a Ford that's about 14 years old or whatever the heck it is. But anyway, that's just another option, too. So, yeah, if you have a garage, you're all set. You could just put the stuff out there and and not worry about it for a few days. But in terms of time, I at least would keep the stuff air drying for a full day, 24 hours. Usually for me, I actually have a little laundry room. It's like a a big closet. I I live in a small apartment. So I could just close the door there and it has a little vent and stuff. So I kind of throw the stuff out there. But personally for me, yeah, obviously the, the goalie has a lot more gear than anyone else has. So hopefully that could help out other goalies out there too. For my case, I have a pair of shin guards, obviously the hockey gloves. If we use a helmet, uh, most times I don't, but sneakers and, and you know, the jersey and, and all the other undergarments and everything else that goes along with that too. So uh, elbow pads. So that stuff is pretty easy to kind of lean up against walls and, and, and whatnot and make sure that they're not on top of one another and they could air out a little bit. So that's a little uh, option there too. Um, Here's one idea that I've gleaned from trolling the internet for ideas about keeping my gear in good shape. One thing is... A lot of people don't have a backyard or a patio or a deck or anything of that nature. I know I don't. But if you are lucky enough to have something of that nature, then it's recommended that you lay your gear outside in the sun. You'd be surprised how much bacteria and and nasty stuff can be gotten rid of by just laying it out in the sun. Sunlight is a great disinfectant. It's that's uh, I think that's an expression, but it's also the literal truth. So that's a, a good thing for you to do. Also, a handy little tip for your gear, or even if you just go to the gym for your gym bag, is something that I recently found out about and I'm going to do. Those little silica packs that you get when you buy a pair of shoes throw those in your gear bag and that will suck up a lot of the moisture that's on your your gear from sweat and what have you and that'll help to prevent mildew from growing on your stuff and making it even nastier than it already is 
That's a great, great couple of tips right there. And uh, Plus also, it's recycling. Yeah, there you go. Also, they do make odor eaters, I guess, if you will, like little um, spherical objects that you could put in your bags and things to help keep the smell down and, and things. Mm -hmm. And um, so that's another option you can use as well. But uh, yeah, that, that's a great tip to leave the stuff out in the sun. Best case scenario, if you're lucky enough to do that. And obviously, wash the gear that you can, especially jerseys and underwear in cold water, gentle cycle in your washing machine. So you don't necessarily have to leave that stuff out. You could just wash that when you get home, you know, socks and things to throw all that stuff in there too. And uh, yeah, uh, Gary, if you wouldn't mind telling us how you had to do a quick fix Saturday morning before we played where some of your stuff still, believe it or not, from the drenching that we withstood a couple of weeks ago in the Rocky Sullivan's tournament. I mean, it was literally raining nonstop when we were playing. So on top of the sweat and everything else, all of our stuff was drenched, even the things in our bags that were just left on the sidelines. Yeah, because it, it was rough. But uh, yeah, you had to do a little quickie. I did. Uh, and so I... Just a little background. I keep my gear in my attic because, as James said earlier, I don't have a garage or uh, any anywhere really that I can store this stuff out of the way. So I keep my stuff in my attic. It's beneficial to me because it's a place to store it and it's beneficial to my family because it's a place that's not right out in the middle of the living room. <laughs> So even with airing the stuff out over a few weeks, it's been kind of cool here in New York. Not cold, but we've only had a few days where it's really been actually very warm. Most of it has been very moderate temperatures. So it hasn't been very warm, and, and I haven't had that advantage of hot air circulating around to dry my gear just by letting it sit. So as James said, it was, it was still a bit damp when I pulled it out this past weekend. So I said, well, this is no bueno. So what I did was I put the equipment that I could, I decided to take a chance and put it on, I guess, low heat in my dryer. So that, again, I was taking a chance because too much heat and mistreatment with this equipment can damage it. But I was banking on the fact that it wasn't super... Uh, it wasn't to the level where it was going to start melting things. So I, I put the stuff that I could in my dryer, but I was still left with my pads and my chest protector, which did not fit in the dryer. I, actually, no, I'm sorry. My chest protector fit in the dryer. It was my hockey pants that did not fit. So what I wound up doing is getting a, a hair dryer and blowing that stuff out, going over it very thoroughly and drying the, the damp equipment by hand and it took a little while and it was a, a bit tedious but it eventually did work so if you're in a pinch where you have wet equipment and it needs to be dry quick and it won't fit in a dryer or you don't have access to kind of a professional equipment dryer then if you have a hair dryer you can try that although i will give you one caveat learn from my mistakes you shouldn't just do it all in one big shift, I guess. You should dry it for a little while and then let the dryer cool down and then go back to it because I think I burned out something in the hair dryer and my wife's not very happy with me. So, uh, sorry, sweetheart. <laughs> yeah, we'll, uh, maybe we'll make that up too. Mother's Day is coming up, so maybe we can do <laughs> Yeah. And what, what, what woman doesn't like uh, <laughs> domestic appliances? Yeah. 
I guess you figured I'm single, everybody. <laughs> Anyhow, um, so like Gary was saying, that's not something you could do every time you play. It was an emergency. I mean, Gary's been playing for years, so that's the first time that he's had to do a quick fix. And we were we were the first ones there for the game, too, when people were asking us to get there early. We were the first ones there. So Gary's quick fix worked, and that's just an emergency situations only. And you were very smart about it, too. Yeah, you don't shock the equipment by putting it in high heat and keeping it there for a long time because, exactly, it's not designed to withstand that kind of stuff with with plastic clips and, and, and straps and stuff like that. It's You shouldn't do it and with the material that it's made of. But I actually have a pair of CCM shin guards that are designed with detachable inserts that can be put into a washing machine, or you can even hand wash them if you wanted to. I'm assuming that they would probably make higher-end elbow pads like that too. And uh, the cool thing with the CCM shin guards is I've had them for quite a few years, and they've held up very well. So I'm not in the market to buy a new pair anytime soon either. So that's pretty cool too. So if you can find elbow pads and shin guards where you can detach the protective stuff from the outer shell and wash those, that's a, a really very helpful way of going. And uh, it works. It, it's great. The, the, like we said, it, it, those particular models are tested and designed to be put in i they probably recommend it but usually rule of thumb is for uh cold water gentle cycle in order to if you have regular elbow elbow pads like i do the the one pieces one tip you could use is that uh, don't put the elbow pads directly on your skin so in most times when you're playing in cool weather or cold weather, you'll have a long, long sleeve undershirt on or something like that. So you could put the elbow pads over that. And the same thing with gloves for forwards, and, and I do know that goalies do this as well, is a trick that baseball players use is they wear a batting glove under their regular baseball glove, so first base mitt or outfielder's glove and catching mitt, so, so on and so forth. Those gloves are leather. So that really helps to have a batting glove on underneath that so you don't sweat into your, your glove like that. Uh, the gloves that I use for hockey are nylon, and we'll get into that later because that's in the gear bag. But um, I haven't tried wearing batting gloves under those. But the, the cool thing about those gloves is that the material that they're made from is uh, it's kind of like a wicking material, too. So that helps in keeping the sweat down. So I don't necessarily have to do that. But that's just something you can try if you have a problem with uh, smelly gloves or something or if you just want to keep them drier and uh, fresher. You can you can use um, batting gloves or golf gloves or something like that. Yeah, I actually have tried that with my catching glove and blocker. I don't like the way it feels. I can't get a comfortable fit in my equipment with the gloves. But that's just me. Obviously, your mileage may vary. Exactly. I'm glad you pointed that out, too. That's why I said that personally, I don't wear baseball batting gloves under my uh, hockey forward or defenseman gloves. But when I'm playing softball or baseball, I, I, I do use the batting glove on my catching hand because that usually uh, I have leather baseball gloves. But for the nylons, uh, hockey gloves, it's not necessary. But I do know, speaking of, of goalies in and, and, and the NHL, that uh, Henrik Lundqvist does use a pair. They look like white gloves, They're like sanitary gloves or something, but they look like he borrowed them, quote-unquote, from the guys who take care of the Stanley Cup. So if the king uses gloves like that, and again, it's, it's all about feel. 
I'm pretty sure that Richter didn't use anything under his uh, blocker or catcher. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. it makes sense that you wouldn't either. But <laughs> yeah, I model my comfort after Mike Richter. <laughs> hey, whatever works, man. I mean, that guy was so darn good. I'd do anything that he did. So you're in the right track there. If I did everything Uh-oh. that he did, I would tear muscles regularly because I'm not that. nearly as flexible as he is. <laughs> But um, so, yeah, and and again, for gear like elbow pads and gloves that are not designed to go in a washing machine, Febreze and even Lysol and products like them do indeed work well. I've tried those both and they do work. Uh, Like we said, you, you give the equipment a chance to dry out itself. And if it needs a little helping hand. Just a little Febreze or Lysol will do the trick. Another thing that I've kind of stumbled upon is uh, for my old pair of gloves I had that were really, it's funny, like we've said in the past, I mean, when Gary invited me back out to play, most of my gear was about 15, 20 years old. And one of the benefits of hockey is the uh, amount of technology that goes into modern equipment. And one of the things that we like about HockeyTron and, and other websites like that is you could get high-end stuff and not spend high-end prices off of it. So the old gloves I had were really bare bones, and um, I'd sweat through them quite a lot, and it would get smelly after a while. So what I tried to do, which with success, as a matter of fact, was take a clean spray bottle. Uh, you could get them at any um if you don't have like an empty hairspray bottle that you could wash out and clean you can get a uh fresh bottle from any pharmacy for they're designed to be brought on planes and things like that so what you do is you just take i use it i use tide for the detergent whatever you want to try out there by all means i'm sure it wouldn't vary too much but uh you take the clean spray bottle put about an ounce or three of water in it fresh clean water obviously tap water would do the trick and adding literally a drop or two of tide in my case shake the bottle get some suds out of it and then spray into the inside of the gloves or the inside of your shin guards or elbow pads and it 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 works it doesn't get too wet and it doesn't get too sudsy and when it dries out it's pretty fresh and clean at the end so give it a couple of days or, you know, like 24 hours or something like that. Yeah. And one, another thing you can try, and I'm not telling you to do this because I, again, it's, it's your gear. You can try it if you're comfortable with it. And if you're not, then by all means don't. But one thing that I tried this weekend was uh, my equipment was actually pretty grimy. So I decided to give it a more thorough cleaning. Now, I know some people who decide when their equipment is is pretty grimy, let's say, and, and, and pretty scuzzy, that it's easier to just throw it out and replace it, <clears throat> Rob. But the goalie has a lot of very expensive equipment, and it's simply not prudent to do that. So what I decided to do was I put a couple of my pieces of my gear in the washing machine and my washing machine has a setting hand wash so it's a very gentle setting and I used for my daughter we have a kind of a gentler detergent I think we use Dreft but they also recommend Woolite I think is also another kind of gentle fabric detergent that you can use and I put it on a like I said the the hand wash cycle so it, there was not a lot of agitation it was just a very gentle cycle 
And then I, I let it air dry for a little while and that wasn't entirely working. So I put it back in the dryer and then I hung it back up again. And by the time I threw it in my bag, it was mostly dry. So it's an option. I'm not saying it's an option that you would necessarily want to try, but it's an option that's available to you if you are feeling adventurous, I guess. Nice, man. That's uh, pretty cool. So uh, that that's another good option to have. And and again, yeah, this is stuff that we've tested, that we've tried ourselves. So we wouldn't steer you wrong in that aspect. But again, most of this stuff is common sense. And uh, hopefully we can save you some aggravation and some money because we've uh, brought that up in past hit the decks as well. And another thing, too, with equipment, especially for, for goalie, I would imagine, is uh, the break-in time and, 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 and whatnot. Is, there's a comfort level there, so you, you yeah, know sure. the gear. Yeah, no, you're right. There is a break-in period. It takes a while of repeated play to get it to where it feels comfortable on your body and where you know exactly what it's going to do and you know how the puck is going to react when it hits it. So it is beneficial to you to rescue the equipment that you have instead of buying new equipment that you're going to have to break in again, both, you know, financially and in terms of gameplay. Yeah, exactly. So just one less thing to be distracted by or worry about too. So once you're playing, you, you play and, and away you go. So there's, there's just something else out there, but hopefully we've, we've come up with some helpful tips and a couple of different points of view too. Uh, I'm not as cool as the McComiskey's with the fancy Dan, washing machine and whatnot, but uh, that, that's that's good to know. So <laughs> check it out and, and give it a shot if you can. Uh-huh. So speaking of gloves and uh, great equipment and whatnot, the American Rhino Boy, uh, it, it was for our little world, the Long Island Queens Junior Junior Major Junior, thank hockey, you very much. Yeah, uh, league uh, that we play in, two of our better, if not best, Overall, forwards were back playing last Saturday to to join us in uh, the fun. But Gary's glove really was what what it was all about. We played two games, one going into overtime. But uh, in game one, and and it was in, in the New York area, as Gary was alluding to before, it was really odd. We've had a very I'm not going to complain about the spring that we've had. It's been a bit on the chilly side, but for some reason or another, it was a bit humid that Saturday and quite warm. So. And the sun came out, too, so it was kind of like the perfect storm in heat. But with the weather being as warm as it was, uh, I think it was heated up by Gary's glove because it was smoking <laughs> hot. But uh, there was one play where Gary transformed into Neo from The Matrix. If you don't know who that is, let's uh, check that out. Um, I, I do not actually know Kung Fu. You could have fooled us. But uh, with a minute left to the period, the, the puck was going in. Uh, we, were, we were trying to withstand a flurry of shots. Uh, I was on Gary's team playing defense or at least trying to play defense. And uh, again, a minute left, a flurry right in front of the crease. And the, the, the puck was going in. It, it was crossing the line. Time slowed down. And I saw the puck going in and thinking, oh, this is disastrous. We're going to end the period down and it's going to stink. Meanwhile, Gary turned into Neo, and somehow he, you bent backwards. You threw your catching arm behind yourself, so yeah, slash Gumby slash Neo, and you caught the puck in midair 
as it was about to cross the line and go into the in the goal, and somehow you just stopped it. Uh, I don't know how you did that without pulling anything severe. And uh, did you see the the puck? I mean, yeah, well, how did you're you gonna have to that? you're gonna have to help talk me through this uh, this save a little bit, James, because I honestly, when you pitched me this segment uh, and were asking me about what to call it, I kind I, I kind of had an idea like fog of war. Just because the whole thing happened so fast, and I, I really, I remember very little beyond the actual save. I don't remember. I didn't really. I don't. I don't know if I didn't see, or I just don't recall where the puck came from. I even in the moment, right after it happened, I, I was asking people, "I, what, what happened? I don't. I don't quite know what happened there." Somebody said it went off the crossbar. I don't remember oh. that, but I can't say that it didn't. What I remember was being down, I I guess on my knees, although I can't rule out that I was sitting in a seated position because of where the sequence took me. I just remember I was down, I, I guess in the vicinity of the goal line. I remember the puck hitting off of my, my glove. Like it came to me and I, I tried to, I think I tried to, I don't know if I tried to catch it. I mean, I guess I tried to glove it, but I didn't glove it. It deflected off of my blocker. And it sounds cliche, but at that point, everything really did seem to happen in slow motion. It's it's like I remember the the puck hit, deflecting, hitting my glove, deflecting up and behind me and going up into the, the corner of the net. At that point, I managed to, as you said, throw my hand, my glove hand back and quickly, it's like, honestly, in the way I see it in my mind's eye, it's like a movie because I was watching the puck slowly cross the goal line and I threw my glove hand forward and as it's crossing the line, my glove kind of envelops the puck and pulls it back out. And then time kind of snaps back into real time. And this is, again, I can't tell you what happened after that. Did I actually hang on to it? Did I just deflect it out to uh, another teammate that cleared it? I don't know. But I just remember the the physical act of making the save. It's It's kind of a bizarre little bit, a uh, little uh, insight on the human mind, the way it works. Well, yeah, I, again, I mean, at least my excuse was I, I don't function very well in, in hot, humid weather. So that's why my memory is a little bit foggy as well on, on top of everything else. But I, yeah, you caught that thing. You, you did. I mean, you okay. kept it from, from going in. It would have been something uh, I guess it wouldn't help our purposes here, but if we would have filmed it or, or taped it, uh, it would have been something that uh, Toronto would have been proud to to review and and use as a highlight and uh, on the NHL Network and stuff like that too. It was it was really just spectacular. And um, in podcast past, Gary did mention how you never give up on a play, and you really put your money where your mouth was too, because it, the the. The, the we you know we play with a ball but we refer to it as a puck it was behind you so i don't even know if you were able to see it i saw but... it it was like again it was like a movie it was like i looked to my my left that's my glove hand i looked to my left i saw the puck 
crossing across my field of vision over where I imagined the goal line was because it was next to the post. So I saw it crossing the plane of the post. And this is, again, where time slows down. I remember I had time to think to myself, I don't know if I'm going to get to that before it crosses the line. But I, you know, I, I tried and I... I honestly, I still can't swear that I got it before every, you know, bit of it crossed the line. I think I did. And obviously there's no video review, so I can't say for sure. But everybody thought it was such an amazing save that they gave it to me. So I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to say otherwise. Yeah, we're not going to split hairs when something is that spectacular you gotta you gotta go with it but from my point of view and okay fine yeah i was your teammate and and your defenseman as well so take this with a grain of salt but it didn't cross the line it was it was a it was a clean save hundred <laughs> percent but it, it like gary was saying it was so amazing that even the opposition started cheering and, and we were like oh my gosh we can't believe what we just saw yeah. and uh yeah without missing a beat you were all like cool about it and, and you put the, the the ball back in play and then away we went to the other side to try and score for you but that was really one of the one of the highlights of of, of the liq and and in my experience playing deck hockey my whole life i've never seen a save like that right, especially well, in person so well, it was really you. really remarkable as far as being cool and just getting the ball back in play and, and going about your business, we've talked about this in previous podcasts, but uh, you know the way I look at it, no matter how great a save you make, you're still playing a game. You can't take time to pat yourself on the back. You still just, you got to keep going. There'll be time to, clearly, <laughs> there'll be time to celebrate your accomplishments later. Yeah, but it's one thing to say and it's another thing to do. So you you walk the walk and and talk, you know, you talk the talk and walk the walk. So right, well, it was really a, a treat to to be a part of that in some way. So that was really spectacular. But your greatness didn't stop there. There was another time again the glove. I don't know what whatever you did with drying it out and and work <laughs> spectacularly so in, a, in in future podcasts we will talk about how uh, superstitious hockey players are so uh, maybe we could bring that up as well in the future but the second insane save that you made again with with your glove was uh, another flurry in, in front of the net so which kind of lets you know what kind of lousy defenseman I am but anyway a rebound <laughs> shot was skillfully lifted to Gary's glove side right in front of the crease you were down, as people may know by now, you're a hybrid butterfly goalie, so that's usually where you'll be trying to make your amazing saves. And again, you defied physics by moving your glove so quickly because it was, it was basically, I wouldn't say an empty net, but the, the, from looking at the net, the right side was top shelf that was wide open. Yeah, so th- th- this this I have to call shenanigans on. You're giving me far too much credit on this play because I didn't even remember this until you just kind of described what you were talking about. I didn't make I, I the ball didn't go in the net, but I didn't consciously make that save. What happened was I was down, like not just on my knees down, I was down with my glove my, my arm kind of on the ground. I don't remember what happened. I, I assume I had to scramble to do something at the post. and I, It was the, a rebound, yeah. Yeah, so and I, right, I was trying they, to come yeah. across. But I didn't see that puck. I was not looking at my glove when it hit it. I only felt it hit it. I turned my head, and I saw the puck skittering away. 
I may have been coming across following the puck, but I didn't throw out my glove with superhuman speed and stop it. That was pure luck. But again, I mean, you're being very humble and, and we appreciate that very much. Uh, humility is, is a quality that most people lack, but I was standing right to your side. I was on your glove side to the, mm-hmm. to the side of the, the, the crease. So I di- I saw it. it. It happened right in front of me. So you, you, you got enough of your glove on it to deflect it to come out. And then that's how we were able to at least control the rebound at, at that aspect. Well, it definitely hit my glove. I'm just yeah. saying I didn't have anything to do with that. It just was shot at my glove. But isn't that instinct as a goalie? I remember uh, way back in the past, a friend of mine who actually played ice hockey, uh, we were talking about playing goal. And I asked him, I was like, he, he was a goalie. I, I asked him, I said, what was so fascinating about it, do goalies actually, when they do their glove save or blocker save, particularly the, 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 the catcher, because you have to kind of make like a circular motion with your glove from your, yeah. your hip to your, your head, if you will. When you see the puck coming at you, is that just like, I mean, are you trying to catch the puck or is it just an instinct to get your, your, your catcher in the way so that it'll at least stop it or deflect the, the puck from the goal? Uh, I mean, I guess it depends how fast it's coming at you, but... Yeah, I mean, there's, I guess it's the same thing with baseball. There's, on some level of your mind, there's hand-eye coordination where you know, you know, your your kind of your subconscious knows where you have to put your hand in order to intercept the puck. But in that split second, you're not thinking about doing it. You're just seeing it coming at you and throwing your arm up and hoping you catch it. Well, just really well done. So uh, for all you goalies out there, exactly. Never, ever give up on the play because you never know. Uh-huh. You never know. But uh, just really great stuff. And it was a lot of fun, too. It was good to get out there and play again and see all the guys. And, and we were tested big time. Uh, we Iggy was on our team, and he scored a spectacular goal, too, where he was actually controlling the puck and ran around the whole rink and then scored somehow. Uh, and then we were facing Brad, who uh, he's the – He's the culprit as to getting all those great shots off. And and um, not to take anything away from uh, Rob either, he was responsible for uh, the game winners, I, I believe, too. But, uh, yeah, so we had our work cut out for us, and uh, Chris was on that team as well. So good, good, fun, matched games, and uh, Gary was the uh, equalizer to that. So well done. Yeah, that, that Igor play, you can't undersell that. That was really like rope-a-dope at its finest because he had the puck behind the net and somebody yep. challenged him. And so he took it to the other side and then he kind of doubled back and ran. He ran back and forth behind the net about three times until he managed to get a step ahead of the guy who was trying to guard him. And then he... Like, I don't know, went halfway down and just snapped off a shot that went in. It was it was an incredible thing to behold. It really was. And uh, yeah, Iggy was on our team and, and our teammate uh, Brett w- was a member. So it was three on three, not including mm-hmm. the goalies. So, yeah. So, so I remember Brett and I was just kind of looking at each other. And then we look back to Gary, too. It's like, we don't need to play. We'll just let Iggy take over. And uh, the yeah. guy's stamina is amazing. So that yeah. was really impressive. Well, he also weighs, you know, 98 pounds soaking wet. So that, that I'm sure that helps with the stamina. I guess so. But when, when we're playing against him, he's hard to catch. 
So yeah, yeah that that's a good point. But uh, he, he's a lot stronger than he than he looks too. So yeah, great stuff. <laughs> So if you guys play us, don't take any cheap shots at him. Is what I'm saying, okay? <laughs> but uh, so to, to to sum things up, uh, to to uh, for this edition of Hit the Deck, we'll go into our gear bag. And as we were alluding to before, the current gloves that I use are uh, from the company and website Hockeytron. Mm-hmm. And uh, this particular model of glove is called the Elite. And they are high-end gloves. They, uh, if you go to Hockeytron itself, they compare their gear to others out there. So these particular gloves are the equivalent to Easton EQ50 gloves or Reebok 9000 to be specific. So they're lightweight nylon and, uh, yeah, made of wicking material as well. And they're really very, very durable. I've had them for, I think, about two years or so and have used them – really put them through the ringer all sorts of weather rain cold heat ran the gamut and uh, Mm -hmm. usually we play on a very hard tough surface so my clumsiness i've fallen down mighty a few times and barely have even scraped them so there's no big tears in them or anything like that and again they're very lightweight they offer excellent protection and uh i really enjoy them very much and and appreciate how good they are and the palms are still excellent there's no reason to even come close to replacing these gloves at all so it's definitely a great option and they're a quarter of the price of what the easton and reebok are and uh i'm I'm sure if you look into ccm and bauer warrior and eagle and and those high-end gloves too the nylon style not the leather they're on par with those so a great option if you're out there for a forward or a defenseman and definitely check those out i recommend them big time what are your 20 year old gloves i can't remember my 20 year old gloves are hespeler oh hespeler yes that's yeah and uh, i got those in honor of the great one wayne gretzky because he bought the company and they were ranger colors too so I had to get those gloves. And they I still have them, too. They're, they're fine. I could still use them if need be. As a matter of fact, I'll bring them with me in case somebody needs to borrow a pair of gloves. So they're, uh, they're great, too. The reason why I went to the, the, the Tron was to match our LIQ style of jersey. Our gear, so, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, well, thanks. Last minute remaining in the podcast. Okay. Wow, that flew. All right. So thank you for sitting with us and talking gear and talking saves and talking gloves. I guess gloves counts as gear, so that's a little redundant. Nevertheless, so um, thank you for listening. That's the most important thing. Without you, there would be no Hit the Deck podcast. Thank you to Pops for being the voice of the podcast. Thanks to Anthony Sajazi for music. Thank you to the LIQ for sound effects. Uh, if you would like to contact us, please feel free to do so. Give us your questions, your comments, concerns, topics. Anything you want to talk to us about, we'd be happy to talk to you. So uh, email us at hitthedeck at gmail.com. On Twitter, we are hitthedeckpod. Instagram and Facebook, we are at hitthedeck. James, anything you want to throw in? Yeah, I just want to apologize for a flub that I made in the previous edition of uh, Hit the Deck. Uh, I referred to the Rangers-Pittsburgh Penguins game as the semifinal, but it should have been the Stanley Cup quarterfinal game so my apologies there uh you're forgiven thank you and lest i forget please subscribe to us on itunes or any number of other places and if you're feeling feisty leave us a review i hear that's a thing so uh (laughs) until the next episode our spooky 13th episode (laughs) 
Uh, until then, I, of course, leave you with the same sentiment that we leave you with every week, which is, it's tech hockey. Don't be that guy. Thanks, everybody. It's probably entertaining. You tell me. I love it. Yeah, I, I, I feel sorry for everybody else. So it definitely <laughs> adds to the, the fun. So I feel maybe- sorry for everybody else, too, but for a different reason. <laughs>